This is the Jim Cren No Restrictions Podcast. We're coming to you nationwide. We are coming to you worldwide on the Sideshow Network. It's Mike Wysocki, Terry Jones, Mike Sasson, and here's your host, radio and comedy legend. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jim Cren. Hey, it is Jimmy Cren. Is no restrictions, and we are uh, having an interesting discussion off the air. We're bringing some of them, some on the air, but but I, I Frank Mergy's hanging out with us today, by the way. Hello, Frankie, hello. Or one of our producers, we put him on 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 Mike and Frank. You know, I love when Frank drops by and hangs out, man. And uh, of course, a Wayne Wow. He's on all the buttons over there. He's the, <laughs> yes, he's the button man. Uh, Dave Settlemeyer is uh, somewhere. He's uh, uh, in a big office and some big ivory tower we have. And Josh Folio is, uh, is somewhere in Brazil. We don't know. <laughs> he's backpacking. He's finding himself, but he is also <laughs> 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 he's researching guests in South America for us. We're going, we are worldwide, like we said. Mm-hmm. We do it all. <laughs> the eclectic group we have. Uh, but, yeah, so I want to open up and talk about you know, I'm addicted to like Netflix and Amazon and, and uh, Hulu now. I got Hulu, which is great. The no commercial Hulu. It's awesome. Uh, saw my th- new favorite show, which was one of the 30 for 30s. I'm sure it's been out a little bit, I guess, because I just haven't seen it on Netflix. And I don't know if it's been out long because I, I don't think it has because I have not seen this before. It's called Chasing Tyson. And if you haven't seen it and, you listen, and you're listening, Get it. It's worth even getting Netflix for if you're a sports fan at all. Even if you're not a sports fan and just remember the pop culture elements of Mike Tyson, it's worth it. And what it does is it parallels Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield and the fact that he needed Mike Tyson to become legitimate. And I didn't know some of the things that happened with Holyfield. I didn't realize the fight was signed like a few times and they fell through and the funny thing was my favorite one was the look on his face when buster douglas there in japan james buster douglas is fighting tyson and i didn't know this their holofield's face they showed him when when uh, tyson went down he was signed to make 12 and a half million dollars this is like 1990 don't forget or 90 whatever it was it was a long time ago 90 91 12 and a half million and his face just like just like he looked worse than tyson mm. for losing the money now, now jimmy in in my lifetime that's the biggest upset i've ever seen in any sporting is that the biggest upset you can remember in terms of boxing tyson tyson douglas I'm trying to think of it's the biggest um yes i'd say i'd say yes for me but but you know it's funny when you watch when you watch the show Holofield didn't think it was that big of an upset. He knew Buster Douglas could box. He said that. He goes, I and they show, that's the neat thing about this documentary. They put the, the words of Holofield now and Tyson now. They put the name up and they'll talk. And he said, I got to tell you, I saw James Buster Douglas knock people out with his jab. He goes, I, and I saw what shape he was in. He goes, I wasn't totally surprised. Mm-hmm. He said it was hurt. Because he wanted a twelve and a half million, he was the guy who was going to win. He ended up beating Douglas because Douglas was overweight. Douglas came in out of shape a year later. Comes in at two forty six. He beat Tyson at two thirty eight. His trainers even were worried. You know how they interview a trainer? And they usually say, "No, we're good." He, he go, "What do you think?" He's you know a few pounds up, and the trainer goes, "Oh man, I, I don't know. I really." He said that. <laughs> I don't know. That was his guy. We really, we really, we were really shocked. <laughs> this is right after the win. We were really shocked. But anyway, yeah, so he beats him. But just the, the way they went back and forth, and he couldn't get Tyson, and he couldn't get respect until he got Tyson. And he beat him, obviously, twice. And Tyson couldn't have been more gracious. It was wild listening to Tyson now. Tyson has grown as a person. He was so eloquent. You know, like, you know, he goes, oh, yeah, he said, he is, i got to tell you right now. He goes, that man, he goes, if you name the top three fighters of all time, guess what? He beat everybody. He goes, go down the list. He beat everybody. He said he's top three. He said did well for himself, which was real humble. Mm-hmm. Didn't put himself in there. Put him in there. Hmm. Pretty cool. I know, Frank, we're big boxing fans. So it I is. Thought I, you, I thought you'd enjoy it. Did you I see did. It? I saw it. I loved it. You and I was, a, I was a big Holyfield fan back then. I actually, I lost a 1,000 bucks on the ear bite. 
When, Did you? Yeah, I had a thousand bucks on Holyfield, but that, they didn't. They didn't. You know, it was just like a no contest. It was a no contest. Of course, me and my buddy Frank Dicatero, gambling fiends. When I moved to California, he got <laughs> me. He hooked me right into gambling. <laughs> yeah, we had a thousand bucks on that fight. I lost a thousand. I had Holyfield in that fight, and uh, I, I was a big Holyfield fan. I lived in Atlanta for a while out of high school, and he's from Georgia, and that was right after his Olympics and stuff like that. Big Holyfield fan. You yeah, know, I mean, they were they were scheduled to fight, and then Tyson went to prison too. I didn't. Uh, you know, I another one. I didn't. You're right. It was three times. I didn't realize. You, you know, when you had that, I didn't realize it was disqualification. I'm sorry. Or no contest. Or yeah. no contest, Frankie. Something I, like that, yeah. Because, you know, the, you would have won $25,000. It was 25 to 1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had big and guys. I thought that. I you thought know, the first. I was bummed. It ruined my whole gambling career. <laughs> it's, well, no, that was a great He's never bet. never gambled since. That yeah. was the bet. I sat there and thought that, too. I'm not kidding. Because they said 25 mm-hmm. to 1. Yeah. And I sat there and went, my God. I would have put five grand on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you were making. Fi- I wasn't even making a thousand. You were making money back. I would have put five grand on him <laughs> as I thought. I didn't realize the odds because yeah, I knew he was going to beat him. Tyson, oh, I had. To, I knew Tyson had the uh, the mystique, but I knew I watched Hollyfield for years, and I just knew he'd beat him because I knew he was going to outbox him. Tyson's short. He's uh, a, a linear fighter. Uh, how about Hollyfield? Didn't think he was wasn't sure. He's because he's older. Then yeah. everybody said I didn't know if I had that much in the tank. I find that was fascinating. Well, you see these fights like Pacquiao Mayweather. You don't get the fight when they're in their prime when it's supposed to happen. You get them later in life, you never get that real fight. And that, they didn't fight at their, you know, both their no, top shapes. No one fought at their prime. So, I mean, Tyson, you never know. Maybe you would have caught him in the first minute with a some kind of weird hit. Yeah, we've missed some great boxing right? matches because of corruption or you know, one thing or another. Or they can't make the fight for some reason. It's a shame. It's almost like, the, the, you know, it's funny. that The boxer has to blame it on the manager. <laughs> but the reality of it is... It's the boxer making the decision in a sense because the reason those fights never happen till the end is because they have to make money. Mm-hmm. Okay, if Tyson and Holyfield, well, the, although that fight was scheduled, but if hap- it happened earlier in some of these fights, like Mayweather, Pacquiao, or whatever, maybe they made excuses because if, if you beat, if you're you're done, he fights, you fight, bum bum. What happens to the other guy's career? Nothing. They're done. They uh, no. There's no way back. If you could be twice by that guy, in the way, because the public will never look at you as invincible, never look at you, your mystique is gone. But if you don't fight them, and you blame it on the promoters, you got mystique. They just can't put it together. That's <laughs> true. We're both undefeated. We're both the greatest. Boy, we, they salivated a fight. Mm-hmm. It's better to do it that way. Well, that's why a lot of people are talking about the next Ronda Rousey fight. This is it, because I think they're scheduled to fight in a, in a, in a couple months, July. If she loses this, she's done. She's done. There's no more mystique. That's the weirdest thing. And it's like that in everything, believe it or not. I think in if somebody out there has a job in business, you go into a high-tech or high-level, high-stressful thing and lose twice. Have two bad meetings, two whatever. You're done. Comedians, when I got to L.A. or whatever, when I went out to her, uh, Mark Eddy, our friend Mark Eddy, he's a brilliant comedian. Frank Nicotera was just in town, brilliant comedian. Those guys got me on Hermosa Beach uh, comedy Magic Club and Ice House. If you don't kill, that's your fight. If you don't kill, if you don't do very well, and the, the owner doesn't come back and say hello, it's like a boxer. You will never walk on that stage again. <laughs> it may take you a few years to even get it, maybe an opportunity, because I'll remember until they don't remember, whatever. Fortunately, I, you know, he did come back. Mike Lacey, the, the owner, is a great guy and, and liked it. But, it. but it is that kind of pressure for comedians, too, I think. It's just like boxers. You have bad set on a television show. Frank, you've seen it. You've produced shows. You have bad set on a TV show. You could fall, right? It takes you a while to get back. Yes, you can. That's Mikey, did you, play, did you play Hermosa when you went out there for Arsenio? No, I haven't been to the end. Okay. No, I have to check I wasn't sure if you went down there or not. Yeah. Hardest room in the world, Mark Eddie said to get on. The MC had three lettermans. Jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. The three letters. He said, if Lacey comes back, you're in for life. If he doesn't come back, you're not. <laughs> Mike came back, thank the Lord. Yeah, I, was I hope I don't screw this up. I was honored. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy might not invite me back again. I hope I don't screw this yes, up. Yes, you have one chance. <laughs> one <right>. chance. <laughs> if Jimmy doesn't come back and talk to me after the show, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. You're never going to get Frank's man. <laughs> oh, God. Frank's not that. even allowed the room. Uh, Frank's locked out of the room next week. He's like, why you want that letter man? I think that's one of the reasons why guys like Seinfeld don't want to do another TV show. Because right. right now, he he's perfect. He's undefeated. He's got the greatest show of all time, and that's what he has. Whereas you look at, you know, 
amazing career a Tim Allen right now he has last man standing which is doing okay but it's not home improvement so yeah. everyone kind of goes over and go oh yeah but did you see his last show type deal yeah it's the same thing in the entertainment business it, yeah. it, is, it is it is it's an interesting thing but you know it's 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 one of those things where guys like Seinfeld though I think if he if he wanted that if that was his thing tell his thing was always stand-up even when I had met him and, and hung out with him a little bit for a few weeks at a time and once in Rochester it was the longest stretch of two weeks we did that was never his thing he was just he was telling me about that show and it was about a year away before it even got a pilot but it was never his thing his thing was he said to make it so he can do stand-up so he really did use as a vehicle. His thing was always stand. He loves, still does it. He has a thing now with the, some theater in New York or something, right? Beacon, once, yeah. The Beacon. Once a month he does a gig, and I'm sure he's always touring. But he says, yeah, he says, this will get me ticket sales. So you can pick and choose. You don't have to work according to whatever. You can you build a fan base, in other words. So I think if that was his thing, TV, you'd probably have seen him on maybe HBO or or take another shot at it. Because I don't think those guys are too worried about failing after they succeed, these guys. It's almost like football. Do we penalize those guys? Do you ever think of Emmett Smith in an Arizona Cardinal uniform? I don't. Or do you think of uh, Montana in a Chiefs uniform, really? You know what I mean? It's like, because I was talking about someone, to someone the other day about these, you know, even athletes. Which I, I don't think so. And I, I think even Seinfeld would be Seinfeld. Or whatever. Once they do something that great, but I think it's whatever turns them on, that kind of thing. But I do think in terms of athletics, like what I was – when you were sitting there saying once you have a bad meeting or anything like that, talk about another 30 for 30 that I really liked about Trojan War, about USC. Mm -hmm. When Vince Young beat them in the Rose Bowl, they took they were the program. They were the team. They were the unstoppable everything. Texas. As soon as – yeah, uh, USC. Oh, as USC, soon as USC got beat by Texas, they still were solid – but that was kind of the beginning of the downfall and then Reggie Bush and everything. Or even like last year when Alabama got beat by Ohio State, you don't hear as much about Alabama being just this invincible force because everyone looks at Alabama and like, well, last year, Ohio State, you know, that's that's what happens when you, 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 you know, you can run the ball against them. Maybe there's a little bit of, you know, a little chink in the armor and everything. So, it, yeah, you have one bad game, one bad – it can all – that invincibility can go away. It, it's that it's the image and everything like that in a weird way of invincibility. Think about Donald Trump. Donald Trump's winning by ten points and fifteen points in every poll, and it's kind of an image thing because they built it. It started with he's winning them. What? He's winning every poll. Well, now it just then people accept it. They got they kind of buy into the hype, and it grows from there. And his PR machine did a beautiful like, thing with, with this, you know, always putting it out the first month, couple months, always putting it out. And finally, people just accept him as unbeatable, no matter what he says. Twenty-five times they did a study. Twenty-five times the coverage than all the rest of the Republican candidates combined. Donald Trump, in terms of t mentions on TV news, mention uh, you know newspaper articles, everything. Twenty-five times than the rest of them combined. I feel bad for Jeb Bush because <laughs> GW's gonna fuck with him. <laughs> brother <laughs> couldn't do it could you <laughs> <laughs> mr boring <laughs> dad loves me more dad loves me more <laughs> well, they, they, well the reason i bring it up is uh they had the, the time magazine person of the year nominees and it was uh what's it abu bakar Baghdadi, a guy head of isis caitlin jenner donald trump uh vladimir putin the guy, the girl, and no, Angela. Is it a guy or girl from Germany? I don't Merkel, know. and I believe she won. Merkel. She did win. Angela yeah. Merkel did get it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I once got an Angela Merkel from a girl. It was Angela nice. Merkel <laughs> wins. So she won. Yeah, I, that's why I chose. I thought it might be less controversial, Angela Merkel. It, it's interesting. Donald Trump was in that. Th I, but we'll, but we were saying about persons of the year was it's not means the best person. It, it just means the person that caused the most media thing. And, you know, Hitler won in 38. Hmm. <laughs> unbelievable could you imagine that's what i thought it was probably his proudest moment <laughs> did they ever take that back from they him? a little tv little picture man of the year they took reggie bush's heisman but they didn't take the man of the year they didn't take hitler's <laughs> in 38 that's unbelievable isn't i know it? 
Do you know he's a bil- he was a billionaire? <laughs> this is our this is our Hitler version, Hitler talk. But uh, no, they, they, on the History Channel, they said he was a billionaire. I didn't know he was a billionaire, Hitler. Wow. They right. found his last will just recently. It was a documentary thing on his last will and testament. How about that? Spent all that gold. He, he stole, stole it. No, he yeah. stole it from his country. He <laughs> just literally fucking stole it. He thought it was his because he was Germany. He thought so. You can go into like wherever their Fort Knox or whatever. He's like, this is mine. This is mine. <laughs> took it. Was it all going to Ava Braun? No, no. He gave it to relatives, and the relatives till this day get money. How about that? And this because think about it. One relative got his likeness. Wouldn't that be weird? You're in Germany, you have some beautiful penthouse apartment. <laughs> wow, this is great. How'd you do it? Uh, I got Hitler's likeness. <laughs> so every T-shirt, so every T-shirt that says well, Hitler, everything any like kind that. Kind of weird cartoon and all the blah blah whatever. Anytime the likeness is used, hmm. he's the most evil human being and the representation of evil and hatred. But you see it around <laughs> from cartoonists to whatever, right? I was thinking about that. A couple even the History Channel thing had the, the, the cover, whatever, you know. Well, like a couple months ago when they were having the, the great debate about the um, the Confederate flag and they were pulling it from Walmart shelves, the thought went into my mind that that means that someone owns the trademark to the Confederate flag. That oh, there's absolutely. Some, there's some family Boss out Hawks. there that's losing. Boss Hogs owns. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's John Schneider owns it. One of the Dukes of Hazzard guys. <laughs> One of those Dukes <laughs> But no, yeah, somebody, somebody owns, someone's losing millions because yeah. that since, like, 1865 Jefferson Davis signed off that you, you own the patent for this and <laughs> has been collecting ever since probably made millions in the 70s off the general lee so i yeah. find that interesting someone's losing money <laughs> that stuff is me i'm into history you in the history channel stuff or on netflix too Frank, do you get here, into the World War II and, and shit? Here and now. What, what I'm really you, not. I'm dumb. I love into? sports. <laughs> I mean, I'm dumb. Frank has turned me on to Frank has turned me on to the best TV show. Frank turned me on to Breaking Bad. It made me watch it. And I wouldn't want any me when I loved it. I fell in love. It was the best show I've ever seen. And uh, I got a show equal to it right now for everybody. Fargo. The season two. Great. Is the best thing I've seen. Written, acting, it's amazing. Now they take season one. It's different. It's also very good, but not as good as two. Two just brings it to another level. Cohen Brothers, you don't have to see one. In other words, you see two. They stand alone. Some of the actors are in, they use from one and two. A couple of the guys. One guy played one guy's brother, and he's the lead. I can't remember. Don't know the name. It's a guy you recognize. It is off the charts. It's I brilliant. can't believe. Did, did it get in? I don't. I know the the Kyle Chandler show got like an eight or nine nominees for Golden Globe. Did Fargo get anything for? They just got a couple. Did they get a couple? I don't know what for. I thought it would get more. Um, it should have gotten. The finale is this week. Of course, this airs on Thursday. The finale will be over. The finale is tonight. We it record on tonight. Monday. Tonight's the finale. It, ten episodes, and I like ten episodes. Now, I, TV's not. You know, I like when it's ten episodes done. Yes. I'm actually kind of an eight episode guy. Well, <laughs> I find myself. Right. I don't. I. I, I would have been done two weeks ago. But it gets old. Repetitive. Eight weeks seems like the really about the right time for these quick hitters like this. this these one offs per se. Um, ten yeah. weeks. The finale is this week. It's fantastic. It's it's really uh, creative, artistic. The Cohen brothers. With, you put up with, I put it with Breaking Bad. I do. Yes, I right? do. Yeah. The I think, I think it's fantastic. In everything. Yeah. I don't. I, I love it. I love every part of it. The music, the style, everything. What do you got? I don't know. If they can repeat it. It's that good. TV series drama, Empire, Game of Thrones, Mister Robot, Narcos, and Outlander. Damn. Now I've seen. I watched. I saw Narcos. I watched that on. Uh, it was either a Netflix. Netflix or what? That was. Yeah, because I'm confused. They're all they're all meld together. Hulu, Netflix, <laughs> and Amazon. But it was good, not great. It's not even close to Fargo. How about that? And Fargo's on network TV, well, Fox, but or what's AMC or AM, um, FX? FX. It's funny, FX. <laughs> yeah, because I actually now what I do is I just get it through Amazon. Oh, oh, okay. My bad. They put it under the category of miniseries. Oh, there you go. Yeah. What? Fargo. Oh really? Cause well, because it, it stands alone. Yeah, sure. So because it, 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 it I apologize. It you put, better it's be in the, sorry. <laughs> TV movie or miniseries, American Crime, American Horror Story, Hotel, Fargo, Flesh and Bone, Wolf Hale, Kirsten Dunst is up for actress. Hmm. Um, oh, she's incredible. In that. Patrick Wilson's up for actor. Uh, so yeah, they put it under the they put it under the category of a miniseries. Good. You know who was su- surprisingly good? I didn't know it was that. Good. Really, I like him. Ted Danson. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> I didn't know he was that good. <laughs> he's good. He's awesome. Carnegie really Mellon. There you go. Yeah, is that right? 
He was Sam Malone, man. I know Sam, but I'm not even really that, that great of an Sam. actor. He really pulls this, uh, this acting. What, what show you into now on Netflix, Dave? Uh, as far as any shows on Netflix, yeah, what's your go-to? Yeah, everybody has that one where you say, I'm "Did you watch do it. Jessica Jones?" You, of course, I end up watching Jessica. You Jones turned me the on to it. Time. I'm yeah. three episodes Marvel's in. Marvel's Jessica Jones, yeah. which you watch too. And you I watched the first it. couple. I do like it. Yeah, he he likes Jessica Jones because she reminds him of Hetty. Looks like I thought the same thing. Thank Thank he said. Frank, it looks I like her. And unfortunately, it's when she was kind of rolling around in bed with a guy and going, "Man, she looks really sexy." And I go, "It looks like Hetty." It did. Kind of creepy. I'm thinking that, but I go, "Come on, Frankie." And, uh, yeah, because <laughs> uh, somebody else at Eddie's work, before I knew it was on, even said some uh, girl, hey, you look at this girl on the show, you know, Jessica, uh, what did Jessica, Jessica Jones, yeah. And then he goes, I said, I don't know about it. And I said, but Terry, I think Terry said something about it or something once. Yeah. I think you told me about it at some point. It's the hot new comedy. And then I watched it and I said, hey, I watched Jessica Jones and you were, you were talking. It's it's a uh, yeah huge hit. It's really it's th their biggest Marvel TV show right now. They're saying it's Is even it? bigger than Daredevil was, which Daredevil huh. was a phenomenon when it came in. So now Luke Cage, um, who becomes her husband in a comic book, will have his own series. Iron Fist. They're doing a uh, Doctor Strange, and wow. then season two of Daredevil comes out next year. So that'll have, get to watch that'll one have the Punisher in it are and you, uh, Shane you, from The Walking Dead is playing the Punisher are you done with uh, the episodes yeah for I Jessica? finished the whole season mm -hmm. I love that aspect when they give you the whole year oh yeah yeah like House of Cards well, the funny thing is I'll binge watch the whole damn thing I'll yeah. watch all of them in two days or three it's crazy my eyes will be like blood show. <laughs> <laughs> it is great on demand's the best man anything I, on demand I, I wish they should do it for all shit they had to release it at midnight though because they made mm -hmm. a mistake where everybody was staying up to watch Daredevil and everyone was excited, and they don't update until 4 a.m. That's when they do their update. So nobody knew that. And you know everyone what? stayed up, and we're all like, yo, what's going on? So up at midnight, and it Netflix wasn't on. Netflix was like, yo, we don't update till 4 a.m., uh, and all the nerds, like there's a nerd community. You're our nerdist. You are our resident nerdist. And uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, because um, you, you mentioned I already know this answer. I, did you have you guys seen Gotham? It's off the charts. Great, like nerdists hate it. Comic yeah. book people hate it. I'm telling you guys, it's it's off the charts. It's really great. Hmm. It's it's got a little bit of cartoon comic book kind of, but it's maybe that's why because it's yeah. cartoon. I mean, for a TV show, if you're just awesome. going off of that, it's good. It's really well done, and it's yeah. got the pen. It's it's all of Batman when they're just beginning. It focuses on Commissioner Gordon. He's probably 25 years old. He's in a corrupt police force. It's basically a police show, really. Mm -hmm. It's him trying to turn around. But it's really funny and interesting. Like, they, you'll see the beginnings of the Riddler. He works in the morgue there. The Penguin. you got to see it. I, I, but I'm always stunned. Every time I ask any person who's into comic books, they hate it. Yeah, Why? We do. We do. Why? We, 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 we hate it because the origins aren't legitimate. And the origins, uh, some characters have mystique to them. Oh, they're not from, and, the, you mean uh, not from the comic books. So the characters are, but the origins don't match. So, for example, nobody knows anything about the Joker. But in this, they're trying to give you hints of who could possibly well, be no, the yeah, Joker. Yeah, no, they already do. They do. The Joker worked in the morgue. Now yeah. he's a killer, mm -hmm. like a vicious killer, like a serial killer. Which makes it interesting. You're though. saying they're creating their own origins, not they're true yeah. to oh. not to the comics where the Joker has uh, uh, different versions of like how he was made. Oh, I take that back. He's so it's insane. not the Joker. It's the Riddler. The Riddler. The yeah, Riddler's the Riddler. uh, the more Enigma. Enigma. Yeah. So, so that's so the, so they're making up this. Uh, they're well, it's all comic book. It's yeah. all made up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's like well, wrestling gym. They're yeah, making, no, really, they're making up their own <laughs> origins, as opposed to the documentary, <laughs> which was the Batman. Film. Yeah, they're <laughs> making it up. Don't tell me this. But no, they're taking their it. own origins and just writing them. So you don't, yeah, so. you don't like that. It's got to so come now. off the comic. Book now the, you guys. the Joker, Purists. the Joker in the Batman movies was a mm. mob hitman, right? Like well, Nicholson and everything. That movie, they even rewrote it differently. In the comics, nobody knows who this dude is. Well, this he was a felt comedian at one time. He was a. He couldn't get his punchlines <laughs> right, so he oh. went out and he ended up. Uh, yeah, I worked with him. <laughs> you probably did. That's the origins. <laughs> He's <a> rummy bitch. <laughs> I no, the joke. Well, he's not. They had the Joker in Gotham, 
and they killed him off. So it wasn't the they they made you think it was there is no Joker yet. Yeah, Gotham. they wanted you to think it was that kid. Jerome. Yeah, the kid from Shameless, and he it? was amazing. Good actor, Shame, oh, yeah, Shameless, great. another good show. Since we're talking television, right now, I'd say Frank and I are like Netflix junkies, so we're gonna talk about. There's here's my sleeper show. You gotta give everyone has to give a sleeper show. Frank, or, or, Mikey, what's your go-to show? I'm sorry, I don't have any cable TV, so I gotta watch. I gotta <laughs> watch. You fucking Amish? Yeah, <laughs> I gotta watch TV shows when they come on at the specific time. But like, <laughs> you, what, uh, what are, what, really, what do you like? Frank's, Mikey's like, I don't have TV. I stare at the fireplace, Jim, and then I go down to the library and I look at old movies. I draw pictures. And things. Um, I think the funniest show on now is Blackish. It's on the Wednesdays yeah. at nine thirty. It's re- Anthony it's Anderson. Good. It's good. Yeah, really, I have it. I really watch it. Funny show. Yeah, I watch the season. Good. Yeah, that's my favorite. That I think that and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine's another. Funny Love show. it. That's a great those show. Two yeah. shows. Yeah. All right. Those right are two now, I would say those two are the funniest those shows. Are, those are good choices. I love Mike, them both. You gotta tell Mikey. him the uh, Blackish punchline. Good. Oh, when he was uh, he was worried about his son like not being black enough, and he was his, or actually his daughter was um dating a guy, and they're like. <laughs> Got to warn you, Dre, that he's French. And he's like, oh, oh, he's one of those Tony Parker brothers. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's French, so he was just freaking out about it. But it's just a, a lot of just funny one-liners yeah. in that. It's those Tony Parker brothers. Yeah, that's funny. That's so Parker funny to me. That's, Mike, you can Mike, just get I, one of these. Asked, Mike, I yeah. <laughs> Mike, I didn't ask you. Yeah, really, you can use your phone. Yeah. My, my, I didn't ask you, uh, what's your go-to show? Well, I was even looking at Netflix. This is the true. Uh, this yeah, is what I, I watch when, I'm, when yeah. I'm working out. I have to look sometime, too. Right now. Apocalypse good. World War Two. Yeah. I love it. I saw. I bought it. It was that good, really? isn't it? It's it's yes. super dark because a lot of times the other World War Two documentaries they don't no, no. show you. These this guys is... are like watching like burning like buildings and burning like it's like are you tanks on the... driving? I'm, are I'm, you I'm on, on the like, news? I'm on like part or the Inferno. Two. I'm on okay. like part two. But then that the other thing, just again because I'm a wow. ner- nerd and a whatever. Um, I just watched all of the Ken Burns documentary, The Roosevelt's. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Look at you. So, so you're yeah. getting into. Your, I know. I, I went through through that World War II thing. I bought that the, the apocalypse thing. It took them. It was uh, the people that made this. So husband and wife were behind it, and it took them 15 years to make that. Wow! And what they did was they got they released these videos that you're seeing, and they had thousands and thousands of feet of footage or whatever. In black and white, in summons, whatever color would be in the 40s, whatever, slight colorizations. And they just said, they, there was no, nothing. Up. So what they did was, over 15 years, they they worked with different editors, different people, and they, they wanted to tell the story of World War II the ultimate way. Like, you could see it. They're using the video from the fighting, but it was all, it's human interest, too. Like, mm-hmm. they go and they show, they wanted to show it with, like, townspeople in both Germany in, in different places of Europe, too. It wasn't just soldiers, not just fighting. And then they showed wh- how evil Hitler is, and, it, and, and it's a stark, unbelievable look at World War II. Mm. Martin Sheen narrates. Oh, yeah, and speaking of, I guess I am on the World War II kick because over the weekend I saw, I don't know if anyone else has seen this movie, the Brad Pitt movie uh, mm-hmm. with the it Fury. That, yeah, it's good. That's another good. If you anybody wants to see that, that's almost like a darker Saving Private Ryan. I mean, that's a really mm-hmm. like dark film. Is it on Netflix? Uh, I or believe it was on, now. on demand. Okay, no, I do yeah. want to see that. I heard it's fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. yeah. It's yeah. it's been on but uh, from last summer, so it's got to be on Amazon or Netflix coming out soon. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah, I just I've been on World War Two kicks there. Uh, historic Frankie, you're a big buff, aren't you? A little bit. Amazon Amazon Prime. I just finished The Man in the High Castle. There you go. Oh, what? How is that? Uh, how I is thought that? It Give was, me it. I, I a, thought it was, B. It's got mixed reviews. I thought it was jaw dropping. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I'll some watch of, it some of the endings. Um, I think it was ten episodes. I, I, episode nine. I was like, really? I, at the end of it, I was like, oh, that wow. What an. Im- but a lot of people have mixed reviews on it. I'm not a big history buff. Okay. Mike may not, may not like it because you're smart with that history stuff. I, I, I don't, I'm not into a lot of history, so when I get a chance to see something like that, I enjoy that. I feel like I'm learning something, but I thought it was fantastic. I'm not, you know, Frank, I'm like you. I'm really not, but i got to tell you, things like the apocalypse made me more of a buff because you start, then you start thinking, holy shit, what's amazing how, how close we were to losing and being man in a high castle. <laughs> yeah. like we're, really, I always thought as a kid and even as an adult, it was dominance. We went in. The Allies dominated, took a little time, yeah, because there's a lot of, you know, a lot of land, a lot of people, but pretty much was 
a done deal, but it was never. It was right to the very end. And in when you start watching these documentaries, it's amazing. And that one, the, there's one documentary that I will, I have to find. <laughs> it was, it's in, um, it's on Amazon, and it's, it, it it's one. I'm, I apologize. I will get the name for people eventually because I, I want you to see this, and it has to do with like. It's one of those series where the miniseries things with, where they have the uh, several pr presidents and uh, things going away. Let me, I have to find it for him. Sorry. Because I want people out there listening to, to get it. Uh, it is, wait a second. It's a history doc. Secret War. Okay. And they have these things. Well, here's, here's the thing. This one, uh, they show these, this, this, this uh, group of guys. Okay. Uh, the Churchill hat. And he trained. He had. He knew these guys that were trained in in like the Arctic, and they were like these Norwegian or whatever. <laughs> they were like the MI6, but beyond it. And there were only like six of them. They could ski. They could, they're like James Bond. It was the real James Bond guys. So they got these six James Bond dudes, man. For any mission that we could maybe. That's all they did was train. Churchill had them at his disposal because he just never knew. So the war is going on, and there's this one area in somewhere in Austria, and it's um, in these mountains that, that you can't get into. And they couldn't even bomb them because the way it was built, and they had a factory there. We had this special water there called heavy water. And it's when the Manhattan Project was going on, and there was a race for the bomb. The war was done by our physicists. That's what the battle was. Whoever could get that bomb was going to be the winner. Hitler was not worried. That's why. He had Heisenberg, speaking of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. But he had Heisenberg, and every, they had a, a slight advantage, and they had heavy water. That's why. They needed it, and they had it at this place. They could make it. They, the kind of water that they had there in Australia, Austria, I'm sorry, in these mountains, they called it heavy water. There's definitely a technical name. A physicist out there would know what it is, but... Does it say it's that? But anyway, they had these. The Germans were were protecting it. You couldn't bomb it. You couldn't get in there. Church and Hitler is going to get it and drop it on New York. And, and Churchill said, "Well, I got to get my guys, and we're going to send them in, and we're going to blow it up." So he tells the guys. He said, "The Germans are going to going to know. So what we're going to do is we're going to parachute you in, and you're going to live there for a month." in the winter it's like t 30 below zero so there's no one could live there even that's why they they so well protected now they got like a thousand Ger they got germans all over the place protecting this thing so these guys live in the woods for a month so no one sees a plane no one sees anything they're not expecting the heavy water and i can't remember the dude's name but he's the captain guy say so i'll ski in they're all wearing all white and they reenact the whole thing so they got the whole white thing they're skiing in and they just ski by to see how it's guarded. And they go, holy shit, they're all playing cards and drunk. Because <laughs> they're thinking no one could get in there. Like, there's one guard at the thing. So they regroup. They go, let's do it right now. Because they're all drunk. They go in. They slit the guy's throat and hold it. It's like on a movie, James Bond. These six guys. They go in. They plastic ex explosives everywhere. Time it. Boom, they're out. They're skiing out. Blows up. They're off. Now the Germans are after them, but they're... Just too good skiing. I mean, they're going through mountains and <laughs> jumping. These are James Bonds. They go, mission accomplished. They get the word back to what's his name? Churchill. Churchill, I'm going to get five of you, but I'm going to leave Captain Jones or whatever the dude's name. <laughs> He's staying behind just in case. That's how smart Churchill was. He goes, just in case. He goes back. Well, sure enough, they find out they missed one. They missed one thing of heavy water, enough for him to make the bomb. Oh, wow. Churchill goes, what the? Now they're really watching. And they said to the captain, said, we don't know. We don't even know what to do. How about that? They told we don't know what. said, is there anything you can do? Because if they get that water, they're going to put on this boat. They're going to the, have the bomb first, period. They got it. So the guy, this dude, <laughs> this one guy, the real fucking James Bond, they kind of called him. He goes, I got this. And Churchill's like, what do you mean you got this? He had stuff with him that he brought. He makes a makeshift bomb, guys, with dynamite and an alarm clock. 
Like in a fucking cartoon. It's like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> he puts it in a bag. He skis down to the thing. He look. He waits. He knows when they're putting the heavy water on this boat. He has maps and all, because they have all the maps and shit. He's in looking at the water, and he goes, okay, if I set the clock at this time and I get this thing in the hull of the boat, it hits, it'll sink at the deepest point, and they can't get it out. They can't get it. So the dude, this one guy, he's thinking all this out. He makes that little bomb with, the, like, the Bugs Bunny thing. He goes down the day they're going to do it. He kills an officer. He sneaks up, puts the fucking German stuff. He can speak German fluently. Remember, these guys are James Bond. He speaks <laughs> fluent German. Holy, he puts an officer. He puts it on. He goes walking in like he owned the fucking place. He goes walking right by the right in the boat. They're saluting him, you know, you know, whatever. They're doing the whole thing and the whole deal. So he's walking in. He walks right to the hull, puts that thing on. And the narrator for the, the special said, you know, tell you the truth, it was like maybe 30% chance that bomb was going to even go off, let alone be at the right time. Not this fucker. He puts it right in the hall. He gets out, walks out, skis back. Before he even skis out, it, it blows up in the middle of the area where it was coming out to go out. The, you know, we're going to go out the scene in the German. Blows up and fucking sinks 600 feet. And they call Hitler and they said, we, it sunk. And he goes, recover it. He goes, we can't. It's in the deepest part. It's 600 feet. We don't have the possibility. We don't have the equipment. It would take months because they needed it then. They knew we could do it, but it would take months. Two days later, Hitler killed himself. Why? That was his thing that was keeping him going. He thought. Remember, they kept saying, you always hear him going, yeah, he always had this. He did. He was, was fucked up on drugs, but he did have a thing where he thought. That's as, as fascinating to me. I can't believe there's not a movie out about this. Isn't that amazing? Well, you That's said this is all from a documentary, Secret War? It was Secret like a War? documentary series called The Secret, Secret War or something. They have like uh, a bunch of different stories like that. But that one, one, that was the one that just got me. I was like, holy shit. Probably because Churchill owns the rights and he's being a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, his family. No, <laughs> those dudes were, that is the greatest generation, man. It's crazy. Crazy. Now, this Friday, you know, we'll be releasing this on Thursday, but this mm -hmm. Friday, probably the biggest movie opening of the last probably five, ten years comes out, the new Star Wars. Is, oh. every, is everybody I'm, – I'm, I'm excited. I, I, can't, I'm, I, 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 I can't wait to see it. Really? I'm not – I mean, I, I'll, I'll wait till it gets on demand. <laughs> Terry, this is your wheelhouse. You? Terry, you're a nerd. I'm going to go, but I'm not going to go, like, immediately. Like I, I want to let the the you know the the huge fans. I thought, I thought I you were gonna say I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna dress as an Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting that. If I'm gonna dress as anyone, it's Darth Vader. Okay, yeah, oh, I, oh, yeah. yeah I didn't maybe know Darth characters Maul. Characters <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, you go to those premieres and and people take it really oh, serious. And <laughs> I'm uh, I, unless I got reserved seats, I'm not gonna go. Cause I don't want to be in the crowd of people with lightsabers battling in the owls and yeah. stuff. Yeah, you know the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do. Man, JJ Abrams, man, that's. I'm excited amazing. for it though. Expected two. Th their expectation is two billion dollars in ticket sales. Of really? Wow. Does it beat it will Avatar be. then? That oh yeah, by almost a billion. Really? You Reaches think a wider audience too than Avatar. They're so. saying two billion worldwide yes. ticket sales. I think it will. With all the kids and families. And is it well? You mean, yeah. Mike well, the nerds will see it three times. They'll see Four it. times. Yeah, right. that's true. Yeah, the that's yeah, what makes it big. Is the the re? How many times you're going to rewatch it in the theater? Yeah, that's yeah what makes they'll it see it four times in the first two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Disney. I mean, right now Disney is killing. Disney owns is that Star, Disney. Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel, and then they made Marvel huh. make Star Wars comic books again. Oh, I didn't know that. So they're making Disney triple the money. They're just they're just flowing wow. in money right now. J.J. Abrams, man, he's really talented. Man. It's going to be brilliant. What he did with Star Trek was oh, amazing absolutely. to me. But the, the thing mm -hmm. that's the cool that last night on um, 60 Minutes, they interviewed J.J. Abrams. Mm -hmm. And the thing that gets you when you're when they do the interview is they like flat out ask him, like, how are you dealing with the pressure? Disney paid Lucas four billion dollars for this. Yeah. If you suck as a director. They're well, out billions. That's the thing. Wow. I mean, like it, this thing needs to be great because this is the beginning sure. of a new trilogy and everything like that. If you screw this up, there's you're, an article. You're on, fucked. There's an article on John Favreau, Favreau, and uh, Downey Jr. But it was really by more on Favreau, and it was when the first Iron Man. And I remember, I'll never forget reading. I can't remember where it was. It's an article wherever, 
sure you can look it up and say type him in. But it talked about that, how he said, I have an entire franchise on my back. Mm-hmm. And they were saying the meetings and everything, him and Downey Jr. were just overwhelmed that the fact that this whole thing is riding on these guys, and if it fucks up, what do you do? Like he said, his whole career in a weird way. You kind of bank it. But if it hits. Which it did. And it did. <laughs> yeah, but this was before it hit. Then I was reading it, and I was like, wow, pressure must be pretty intense. Did you know they didn't have a script for that movie? No, I didn't know that. They did not have a full written script, and half of that movie is improv. Are you serious? Half that movie because is Downey? outlines because of Downey and wow. the other actors. But Downey is Iron Man. That's why you can't get anyone better to play Iron Man than Downey. Huh. For so him he, to carry a movie that didn't even have a script and make it as huge as it is. It was funny the way he did it, right? Oh, he yeah. Was, he was tuned. He was rating that character, man. Tony oh, he's Stark. perfect. He's perfect as Tony I didn't know Stark. that. So, was, yeah. yeah, but they... But, the pressure, like JJ, like you said, JJ Abrams. I mean, because those guys got money at that point, right? So it's all legacy. His legacy would be fucked. Now it hasn't. It isn't out yet. There's no reviews on it. Oh, absolutely. He still not, could yeah. be screwed. Yeah, he could be that. But they talked about the pressure. The they yet. they flat out. He had the best description for um because he's he's winding down and they had him at the studio listening to John Williams put the score on and it just you know yeah. amazing things everything. And they and he goes, what is this feeling like for you? You're heading to the finish line. It, the movie's going to be released, everything like that. He says, it's like I've had the best roommate ever, but he just needs to finally leave. <laughs> That's how it's like to, to direct yeah. Star Wars. Because just at this point, he's just like, I'm just done with this. But well, he had to move his whole family and everything to London, the whole deal. But a year and a half. What's it been? Two years? How long, guys? Year and a half. It's a year and a half, I'd say, Frank. A year and a half. I think when this I was, one might have been actually two. Yeah, true. I remember. I yeah. just remember when I was in L.A. There were some people that would just happen, you know, just meet that were uh, friends of his, and we're talking about him moving there for t- you know year and a half, what two years, whatever you said, Terrence, probably two years. Yes. In, in uh, moving there, and I'm like, wow. And you don't even think about that. That's a long time to to move to somewhere. Hmm. Spiel- I mean, for do a movie, two years. Spielberg. We was also in the piece on 60 Minutes. He's the one who recommended him. He sat there, and they were there. They went up to Spielberg probably to initially see if he wanted to do it, and he flat out just said the only guy you could get that would make this work was J.J. Abrams. It's it's true. There's no better director in Hollywood right now to, to take Star Wars. Well, uh, yeah, I guess because it's comic. Book. He took Star Trek. Well, look at Star Trek. He made yeah, he took yeah, Star Trek yeah. to a whole nother level to take something that and make it more updated. It does have a darker feel to it, and it's uh it's not as nerdy. It doesn't have that weird feel that you, well, we you feel saw, weird about watching Star Trek. Well, you we, don't when you watch J.J. Well, we Amos. saw how, how it could go awry with, like, that guy from – was the Fantastic Four? Like, last, oh, well, is that the, the young uh, guy, the young director? He, he, he like, ruined his whole career, right? He was screwed from the beginning with that movie. He was just, but it takes a lot to, to handle those kind of movies, though. Yeah. It's a whole different world, right? And he was with the – 25, Marvel didn't own that, that movie either. Marvel owns the characters, but they didn't own the rights to that because they still have to deal with Sony and Fox on a couple things. So he was just kind of stuck in this world where he couldn't control anything. Then he tried to control too much, and he put out a tweet and even said it was horrible to the point where they canceled the sequel. They did? uh, Yeah, Marvel's trying to bully them into giving (laughs) Fantastic Four back so they could do it right. So what they did was they canceled the comic book series, hmm. so that they would have nothing to run off of or anything to make money off of. So you got, so you got, so you're gonna see Star, Star. You're gonna see in the movie theater. You're going. Yeah, this I'll week? go. To you will go. I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll probably go. On you're Saturday gonna go first day. I can't go first day. The it's go. probably already sold out. We got really? a show first day, right? It's yeah, the, we got a show the, the first day. But yeah, but, so. but in ter- I will see it. I will try my best to see it within the first week. You gonna see it, Frankie? I have a ticket booked for the 26th at the uh, Cinemax Robinson. Wow. Yeah. See. So oh go really? By myself. Yeah, going by myself. Wow. I don't wow. want to sit next Frank, to so, so they I had... booked a ticket on reserve on Fandango. Yeah. Is that wow. how long it's out? Like the t- the, that's the earliest they could have. Uh, no, there were some earlier ones available. Okay. I just chose. I was gonna wait. Like Terry, I want to wait till you weed out some of the people. Yeah, and I like Lowe's has those cool reserve seats. It's like the leather yeah, VIP. Yeah, little, I always oh, just wow. get the VIP. Those are nice. The one if it's really good, I'll go yeah, again with you, you Terry. Yeah, because you feel comfortable. <laughs> there you go. Just roll with me. Dude, mm-hmm. Is that the first movie you ever did that for? Like Res- did a pre-order? Like a reserve. You know, we, like we a, pre-order like a for Like one of the Springsteen or something or whatever. It's a weird, well, for a weird thing, we did a movie. We do movie day here. We did it for Hunger Games, and that came out maybe three years ago or whatever. Yeah. So we did an office movie day. We go, ah, I said, you know, I think this is going to be really cool. Why don't we get the office together and do it? So we left like it got the 3 o'clock movie. So then we went to see it, and we reserved the tickets. Okay. So then yeah. we had to go see all the Hunger Games. So, yeah, we just went about 
three weeks ago and we reserved tickets ahead of time. But we didn't reserve tickets because it was like a, a mass but run to the box you, office and we had to hurry up and did. get them. It wasn't for this one I did, yeah. This is the first time you ever did it for yes, something it like is. that. You said yeah. it's going to sell out. I got to see this first. Well, I'm not going to see it first. I'm going to see it a week later. I mean, but a week later. But I before, want a well, ticket. let's just say you'll see it before most. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the Nerdist will be first. You're the second wave. I'm like, like I'm the fourth wave. I'm going to wait till like a week, four months later. Yeah, you guys, I, of course, you guys will tell me the whole movie. I did that with the Batman <laughs> okay. movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. Batman, like the Dark Knight movies and uh, Avengers. I went and saw like the day of. Day of. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go to midnight showing. A lot of my friends go to the midnight show. And they're like, Terry, come with us. We're going to dress up. And I'm like, nah. Dress up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. People dress up. I had I've worn like the comic book gear, but I won't go like full out. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't go full cosplay. I wear like a Avengers hat or something like that, or Avengers T-shirt, and then go. Mask. But like, I'm not dressing as the Joker. If you did, I would howl. Oh, it'd be amazing. I think I'd like yeah. to see that. <laughs> back when they had the re-release of Star Wars, um, this was back like the late '90s or something mm-hmm. like that. No one had seen it in the theaters in a while, and I, it, you know, I grew up being a you know fan of Star Wars and everything like that, and so. Me and my buddy were like, was a fan of Star Wars. Like, hey, let's go see it opening night. Like, you know. And so he's, you know, going to get like popcorn or something like that. I'm like, all right, I'll buy the tickets, whatever. It's Friday about the movie's going to start at 730. It's like 715. So I go up to the lady and I just nonchalantly go, oh, yeah, uh, two for Star Wars. She looked at me like I was the dumbest son of a bitch (laughs) on the planet Earth. And she just looks at me and she just goes, Tuesday night, 1130. And I'm like. It's Friday at 7. He goes, that's the next time tickets are available. You want to see Star Wars, to the t- tickets, Tuesday night, 1130. Wow. And that's the first time I was ever, like, thinking, like, do we actually have to reserve this? <laughs> like, we were going to go see, like, you know, yeah. Metallica or Springsteen or something like that. But that's I, that's the first time I really realized, like, yeah, that was a huge thing. And then the next time we actually did do that for because about two months later – they did it for Empire Strikes Back, and that's when we were with the the people that like dressed, dressed up like up Princess and Leia and everything yeah. like that. So when the <laughs> when the credits came up that's for so like awesome. you know the the you know long time ago galaxy far far away, a couple people started to like clap in unison, and one big giant guy stands up and goes, "Settle down, cool guys!" <laughs> and that's when they all just like sat there and went, "Okay, let's just watch the movie." Mike, <laughs> Mike, you have to be a big big Ewok would be great. A big, like a big Ewok, Ewok outfit, we, man. We interviewed, in. we interviewed an Ewok. We did, yes, we did interview an Ewok, Cousin It, one of my big interviews on uh, Q92.9 right. FM in the morning show. That was my Charlie Rose moment. Yeah, called Carrie. It, called, one-on-one. Called it. Carrie Fisher a bitch. Didn't like that. No. <laughs> Didn't do that. Didn't do that. I'm joking. LP, little person, <laughs> Cousin It. And at least, you know, saw the other big brother. You know. Yeah, interesting. A lot of movies. Oh my goodness! Five Great movies. career makes Great Vern big. Troyer. You know that's what Vern Troyer should be gunning for. It but was iconic. Yes, it is like it is iconic. That, it that's to be the name of his book. Uh, I did give him a name for his book, didn't I? It yeah, happens. Did. I thought that was it. Yeah, it, it happens. Happened. That was the name of the book. My man Peter Dinklage holds it down for the little I, people. To I am it. I am it. I think it was no, it. something like that. I, had, I can't remember now. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if they get jealous. Yeah. I saw an Instagram photo of Vern Troyer because yeah. I do follow Vern Troyer on Instagram. And it was so why hilarious. do you follow Vern for because why the hell not? That's <laughs> a good point. So he sits there and he's just there's this beautiful woman next to him <laughs> with a just a wonderful behind. And all yeah. it is is just him at ass level, just pointing at like Vern this. Troyer. Yeah, Vern Troyer just pointing at like, hey, look at this ass. And I'm just like, you know what? He's doing OK. <laughs> do you, well, do you ever see yeah. the biography of uh, Hervé Villachez? He got more women than anybody. My man, the plane. The plane, the plane. That too got laid yeah. more than anybody. His That's biography true. is off the charts. He would hang at Playboy Mansion. They would lay him down, all the women. Mm. And they'd circle him. All this are playmates, okay? He'd put his little hands up above his head and point like a pointy thing. Like a, like a, uh, and they'd spin him. And whoever he ended up pointing on was the girl he slept with. <laughs> How about that? Oh they'd my spin God. him. It was Spin Hervé. He's badass. Spin Hervé. Yeah. Spin it. Well, they called him Tattoo. Spin yeah. Tattoo, man. Tattoo. Is that impressive or what? And and then he, uh, in the biography, he he thought he, he he wanted the money, man. He wanted like a million an episode. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so he took the pay cut. Uh, that, was, that was literally their response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He felt. Was, 
You know, Ricardo's good, but you know they're right. rebooting the Fantasy Island. They're making a so new who one. will play that role is very Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Peter <laughs> Dinklage. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Yes, they'll CGI uh, Banderas' face on Dinklage's body. I, no, have him as Ricardo, man. He yeah. comes in, you know. Let's play, people. Let's play. <laughs> this is our fantasy. Come on, let's play. Wow. You could play. Let's go. What if they just went a completely different way and got like Tiny from the Friday movies or something? Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh, he would just be like me. The plane, the plane. <laughs> <laughs> or Terry Crews in Training Day when he's clapping at the pigeons. There you go. Who was the little one from Bad Santa? Funny Cox? Oh, or yeah. Oh, yeah. A little, I, he's I good. He's in everything. He's, he's in a lot of stuff. He could do it. Yeah. What's his name? Tony Cox. Make Tony him Cox make him do it. He, he was even in a, like, uh, I'm going to get you, sucker, <laughs> from back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious movie. Yeah. Tony. Oh, movie. he's funny. He, he yeah, was one of the dudes funny. in the hat, yeah. and he yeah. beat him up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was great in Bad Santa. Oh, he's amazing. Mike Wysocki's so favorite Christmas movie, by the way. Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. It's it is so good. funny. Bernie Mac's in it. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac's great. John Ritter. John Ritter. I love it. It has all the, like, dead, dead. Funny guys. If you're dead, dead and you're guys. funny, you're in bad you're Santa. In bad Santa. Wow. That actually says it on the poster. <laughs> if you're dead, put everybody in a great, great mood for Christmas. Yeah. Talk about that. Charlie funny. Chaplin's in it. Buster Keaton. <laughs> Phil Hartman what, what? popped up. Phil, Phil, Phil Hartman, yeah. Wish everybody uh, you know, happy holidays. We'll see. We'll be talking to you next week. Though. Hey, I just want to mention, December 23rd, I'm headlining the Improv. I'd love to see you. So come on out. December 23rd at the improv go to improv.com or give them a call later and get tickets get your tickets uh, so many tickets and that's it so it's one show eight o'clock at the improv december 23rd and the gang of course is going to be there mike and and terry and mike we're having to do guest sets and up in front and i'm gonna do an hour hour and a half whatever as long as you want me to do so it's a party it's december 23rd figure you're off on the 24th maybe or have an easy day anyway so come on out Get those tickets. Be a lot of fun. And if you're looking for New Year's Eve, I'll be at Rivers Casino. Go to riverscasino.com. Not performing stand-up. Just going to host a party at riverscasino.com. Just to make sure you know. And everybody have a, have a great week, man. I'll talk, we'll talk to you next week. Frank Mergy, special guest. Thanks, Frankie. Thank you for having for me. For joining. Very much. Yeah. See you guys. Have a great time. Jim Crane. No restrictions. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Crane of Jim Crane No Restrictions. I just wanted to take the time out to thank you for listening to the show. We have a little over 100,000 subscribers now every week listening to the show. Go to SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or JimCran.com and subscribe today. And thanks again. If your business, whether large or small, is in need of commercial collections, choose PrimeCore Group. PrimeCore Group is a Pittsburgh-based corporate collections agency. Now, if your business is owed money, PrimeCore Group is there to help you. On a contingency basis only, PrimeCore Group will recover what is owed to you in a professional and trusted manner. Contact PrimeCore Group today by going to primecoregroup.com.